And that quote, I had no idea it was going to go viral. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this quote and it's going to go so viral. I know it's going to be so valuable. I thought it was actually quite a simple um, quote and I didn't really expect anything. And so it really is, again, learning what works, what doesn't. And the only way you can do that is by trial and error. Welcome to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by Meet Edgar. Each week, we bring you a guest to inspire your creativity, breathe new life into your marketing strategy, and get you motivated to take action in your business. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll walk away feeling like you took your social media marketing multivitamin. Enjoy the interview and remember, what's possible for them is possible for you. And we can't wait to see your success. This episode of Social Post is brought to you by me, Edgar. That's right, we're sponsoring our own podcast. We are the social media automation tool that saves you eight hours a week on your marketing strategy and gets you off the content creation treadmill. If your social media could use a makeover, come try our category-based evergreen schedule today. We're offering a free month to Social Post listeners when you use the code SOCIALPOST upon checkout. Now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Social Post, a podcast brought to you by me, Edgar. Today, we are joined by Jessica Jessica Williamson, who is an incredible founder who started multiple businesses and teaches and mentors others online now. Jessica, I'm going to pass it over to you to introduce yourself a little more, and then we are going to dive into the conversation. Awesome. I'm so excited to chat. Um, as you mentioned, I am a serial entrepreneur and I started my first business at 22 with Ete Swimwear. So I had no experience in business, entrepreneurship, um, other than the one unit that I did at university, which was really not that practical at all. Um, So my background was actually digital marketing, which did come in handy when you are growing an online business. However, I had no experience in fashion, design, manufacturing, and obviously that's going to be a huge part of starting um, a product-based business. And since then, I have started many other businesses, some still running, some I have sold or exited. And so it really is now a passion of mine to help other female entrepreneurs really find what they are passionate about and then making that into the life of their dreams. So we could easily create a business that, you know, brings in a certain amount of money, but that would impact other areas of our lives. So that's something I'm super, super passionate about is sharing the strategies and, and key steps, which would be different for everyone, depending on what their dream life looks like and helping them get there. Oh, I love that you just dove right in, not having any background in fashion and created this incredible swimwear company. Now, if you were to do it all over again and could speak to your 22-year-old self, do you have any specific lessons that you learned, failures or successes, or anything you'd do differently that you could share as tips to our audience? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of failures and be prepared. If you're in business, if you're not failing, then you need to try a little bit harder, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there were definitely a lot of failures, a lot of tears, a lot of, you know, a lot of things to go through. Um, and at the time I was still working full time. So it was pretty crazy at that time. But in all honesty, 
I probably wouldn't change anything because it taught me valuable lessons. Mm. So, um, you know, now I can look back and say, okay, wow, I'm not going to do that again. And in that, I mean things such as my health. So I ended up with adrenal fatigue at the end of that year. My mental health was really not in a good space. Um, You know, I was getting up at the crack of dawn, packing the orders, taking them with me to my full-time job, which was like over an hour commute. And that in itself really played on my mental health because I would just leave home and hit the peak hour traffic before I'd even gotten five minutes from home. And I'd be thinking, well, home is five minutes away where I really want to be working on my business, but now I've got to sit here. Obviously I can't do any work. I can't optimize my time because I'm driving and I'm driving to a place that I'm just not passionate about. And then I've got to sit there all day and then drive all the way home um, before I can get back into it. And so I was running to the post office on my lunch breaks. I wasn't really eating properly because I prioritized work over preparing lunch and preparing food and, um, taking care of myself in that way. And so that was a really, really big lesson, although I wouldn't probably change it. However, it would have been a lot easier. Um, However, in that point in time, I had to invest that much time and energy into my business in order to get it to where it is now. And secondly, I needed that full-time job to fund the business. Like starting a product-based business is not cheap and I'm not going to say it is. Um, So you need a lot of capital to continue to, you know, produce stock. And until you get to that scaling level, um, it is quite a big cash injection. So that allowed me to do that. Um, It just meant that my health was the least of my priorities, I guess, at that time, which is not ideal. But now I can look back and say, okay, now health and balance really is my priority. I've been through that. I don't want to do that again. Um, And there were so many other lessons along the way, so many tears, so many mental breakdowns, um, but it's made me where I am today. Oh man, I love that analogy of driving and really needing to know where you're going to get there. And I think this is a great topic, especially here being in the first month of 2021, to ask you a little bit about your goal setting, because clearly you are a very driven person and a goal-oriented person. Do you have any strategies that you can share with us for setting goals and actually being motivated to achieve them, setting kind of reaching goals versus goals that are achievable? What is your mindset and philosophy and actions around that yeah and I think I mean I just want to share a quick story or a quick um, mention of that so when I was quitting my full-time job quite a few people had said to me you know how are you going to do that won't you just sit around and watch tv all day you know how would you get anything done or where do you find the motivation Mm -hmm. and I guess it's different when it's your own business um How do we maybe tone down the motivation? It would be my question. Um, Or at least that's how I operate. I have to sort of make sure that I make time for other things and not just always work. And when you're working a full-time job, you don't really care. You're turning up because you're told to turn up at this certain time and you're told you can go home at this certain time. So even though you're doing it, you might not hate it, but there isn't really that ownership or motivation there. Whereas in your own business, if you don't show up, then nothing gets done, especially in the early days when it's just you. So um, there's a whole different mindset shift when all of that responsibility gets put on you. Um, But then when I looked back and tried to dissect, okay, why do I think this way? And for me, I'm lucky enough that that's just 
a natural way of thinking is like, what can I do when I have an idea? I need to do it now. I'm not someone who's like, okay, that's a great idea. I'll do it in 12 months. Um, for me, I just have this thing come over me and I'm like, I need to do it now. Um, someone else might beat me to it if I don't do it now. And those are also things I'm working on. They're not the best way to always think um, in order to have balance. But when I started to dissect, okay, how do I set goals? How do we make sure that this is achievable? And this is something that I work through with a lot of my coaching clients now is, okay, let's set that goal. And quite often people choose goals that they think they should choose. And so often more than not, they actually think it's a great goal until I talk to them, until we can dig deeper. And I have a lot of mindset training as well. So I can actually identify when people are maybe, maybe choosing something that doesn't necessarily align or isn't really what they want. Um, and so people will come to me and they're like, yeah, Jess, I want to be global and I want to do this and that. And so I'm able to ask them why. So I would encourage everyone to ask yourself, why do I want this? Because having a million dollars and most people you go to, it'll be like, yep, I want $100,000 or I want a million dollars. And they just choose this big round number because it sounds fun and exciting and they want the lavish lifestyle. But when you dig deeper, um, maybe it's not about that. Maybe you just want that security and actually you want to spend more time with your kids or maybe you want more time for travel. And so I would encourage everyone to firstly ask themselves, why do I want this goal? Um, and secondly, the other biggest tip that I have around goal setting is remove all barriers because so often people come to me and they're like, Jess, I don't know how to set goals because I don't know what's possible. And I say, Anything is possible, but until you believe it, until you decide that you're going to do that, of course it's not possible. And you're just kind of like, I'll take whatever comes my way. And then that's telling you, okay, that's what you're, you're deserving of, or that's what you're capable of. And that's what's possible. But really, in fact, you never actually decided. And so it's not until we decide um, that we can actually pursue that. And we can actually then say, okay, we want to do this. Once we actually can nail that, and that is the, actually the hardest part, setting the goal, creating the plan or the direct route to get there, that's the easy part. And I work on this with my clients all the time. That's the most easiest part. It's like, you told me you want to get here. Here's how to do it. All you have to do now is do it. Um, but obviously there's a lot of mindset things that come up. There's so many um, you know, challenges that come up along the way. However, the hardest part is first deciding on that goal. So removing all barriers. And then secondly, um, making sure that it's actually really what you want, not what you think you should choose, um, not what society thinks you should choose. And I even had one client recently, we went through a lot of goal setting, obviously, since it's the beginning of the year. And it wasn't even the fact that someone told her she should do this or anyone was judging or, or impacting her decision, but she chose a goal that she just thought, other people might find more exciting than her original goal. And when we dug deeper, that's what really happened, but she didn't realize that she did that. So what we did was strip it right back, go back to the original goal that she really wanted and felt more aligned with. And now she can actually move forward because if we don't choose goals that we're in alignment with, we're actually going to self-sabotage and we're not going to achieve it. So we really want to prove to our mind and our subconscious that we can achieve it. So start by setting goals that, really are in alignment and that you can um, work towards as well. 
Well, I am sure glad I asked that question. I'm over here taking notes and really excited about making some more actionable goals and having that why behind it. And you are so good at explaining things and concepts like this. And I know you have a podcast yourself. I believe it's called Couch Chats. And I can just see why people would subscribe and be want to listen to you because you are so motivating in the way that you're explaining this. Can you talk to me a little bit about why you started a podcast going from being a product-based swimwear business um, and then coaching and mentoring. How does this podcast actually raise your brand awareness? Um, and yeah, just your why behind starting one. Yeah, I guess this is a good um, story or a good lesson for everyone to listen to as well. So during COVID in about May, I mean, for a very, very long time, I'd always wanted to write a book interviewing the top female entrepreneurs in the world. So just little snippets of interviews. And I always thought that would be a great idea in a book format. And during COVID, I had a lot more time to think. And when you get more brain space, things become a lot more clear. And so I thought to myself, I hate writing. Why would I want to write a book? And the reason that idea had never come to fruition, and I'd had that idea for about a year, was because I don't like writing. Like, why am I going to go and write a book? Maybe I might make a book one day, um, but it's not my favorite thing to do. And I am much more of a, you know, auditory learner and um, that's the way I like to learn so I thought okay let me do this as an Instagram live series and interview some inspiring women on my Instagram live um, because Instagram is one of my main channels so I started it out as an Instagram live series which then gets saved as an IGTV and then I sort of did a few polls and people were saying Jess, I love the series. However, I don't have the time to sit here and watch this. Um, can you make a podcast so that I can listen to it while I'm driving or on the go, or I can just put my headphones in while I'm cleaning? Um, and so I thought, okay, let me download this. And it took me a long time to figure out how to download it from IGTV when I didn't save it originally. And so what I did was took the audio from IGTV and made it into a podcast because that's what people wanted. And so that's a great lesson in pivoting and delivering your message where people want it, but also to repurpose your content. I already had it. Why couldn't I take that audio, even though it wasn't the best quality because it was from you know, Instagram, but I could take that audio and upload it as a podcast. And so that's where it actually started. And for a little while there, then I was doing it as IGTV or IG Live and recording the podcast at the same time. It's very complex because there's many sources of audio and you have to have a lot of sets of headphones to make sure that works. Um, and so the last few episodes I've actually just done as a podcast because I feel like people are more likely to, to listen to the podcast than to spend, you know, half an hour watching the IG TV, which really it doesn't necessarily need to have a visual element. However, I understand that some people are visual learners and they do like to see um, the people there. So sometimes I probably still will um, do the multi-format options, but that's where it came from. And so it really is, again, coming back to that goal setting of, you know, I wanted to interview inspiring female um, entrepreneurs. And so that's where it all stemmed from. And then it really came back to asking myself, okay, what do I really like? Where are my strengths? What do I want to be doing? And then it continues to evolve. And look, if people, you know, decide that they want something else, then I'll continue to pivot and change that. And 
technology is changing all the time. You know, Clubhouse, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but it's the newest social platform. I've just been um, granted an invite to that platform. And so there's so many new bits and pieces of technology and ways of delivering messages. And so I'll continue to probably change the format and the way that I can deliver those messages over time as well. Oh, that's so great. And here at Me Edgar, we are all about working smarter, not harder. So I love these upcycling tips of making sure you're putting your content out on as many platforms as possible for it to have the opportunity to reach as many ears or eyes and really have your message hit home to the right people. Now with your business, as you're moving forward on Instagram, how are you using Instagram other than this beautiful upcycle process for your podcast in order to find the right clients for you? Because I know you also offer things like one-on-one -on -one coaching. Do you find that social media is a good place to find clients for these parts of your business? Yes, absolutely. So obviously I used Instagram as the main channel to build my swimwear brand and the strategies on that are completely different to how I've done my personal brand. And it wasn't, I mean, I've been building my personal brand on Instagram for maybe two years now. However, it wasn't until the last sort of six months that I've really nailed that strategy. So prior to that, I would share a little bit of behind the scenes on my business, a little bit of tips here and there on stories. Um, but the predominantly my feed was fashion and travel because I was traveling a lot more as well um, pre-COVID. And those were my passions and I had a lot of friends following me. However, once I shifted that strategy, 99% of my posts are either mindset-based or business-based or, you know, tips or some sort of thing that would appeal to my ideal audience. Um, and I stopped creating content for my friends and family. Um, that is when things changed. Now, it didn't happen overnight. And when I first started posting quotes or um, tips and things you know, maybe like a couple of people thought it was great um, because my ideal audience weren't there. However, now that I create ongoing content just for that audience, I'm having like 10 to 20 new followers per day who are female entrepreneurs who could be potential clients. Like they are my ideal audience and they are finding me somehow, um, whether it's from referrals, whether it's from friends tagging them or sending my content around. Um, but the more that I could nail that and really tap into who is my ideal audience, what are their pain points, what inspires them, and what kind of value would be valuable to them, then I started attracting more and more people. And there's something that I really teach a lot of my clients is creating viral and shareable content, which I'm sure you're well aware of, um, is, you know, one of the biggest trends coming out of this year upcoming. Um, it's always been a thing, but I think more people are becoming aware of it and how it can really help. And so by that, just an example, one of my quotes that I, I posted on my Instagram that got over 15,000 views because over a thousand people shared it to their stories um, or regrammed it or, you know, people probably even shared it where I don't even know because they may have just screenshotted it and that doesn't tell me in the analytics. So, um, and that quote, I had no idea it was going to go viral. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this quote and it's going to go so viral. I know it's going to be so valuable. I thought it was actually quite a simple um, quote and I didn't really expect anything and so it really is again learning what works what doesn't and the only way you can do that is by trial and error put content out see what resonates then do more of that 
Oh, you make that sound so achievable. I love it so much. And hearing you talk about how much auditory content has infected your life and that's the way you like to learn and then really making sure that you're paying attention to what your customers are telling you on Instagram so that you're not just sitting there and saying, what should I post today? But actually seeing the bright spots and seeing the content that people gravitate towards. It's such a motivational thing. And I can see why you become such a great business coach because I'm sitting here being so motivated by your tips. And I know that's actually another part of your business is you do go on stages and you give these motivational talks and you can show up on a podcast, on Instagram, do this, raise your name recognition. If people are looking to get out there in more channels rather than just social media and might be starting to get the idea that they want to speak on stages, how have you been booked on stages in the past? How do you actually come up with a really great speaking topic for the event you're going to? And what other tips can you give us for getting over that scary hump of actually speaking in front of people? Yes. So firstly, I have to preface this with that I, I wasn't always able to jump on here. So let's just say, for example, you invited me on your podcast. I would have in the past, I would have had to know the exact questions Four weeks in advance, I would have written a million notes. I would have memorized all of my notes and I would have been so nervous and probably not even slept last night. So um, now I'm here jumping on. I had no idea what the questions were until a little bit before jumping on or even just like the, the general idea of what we were going to chat about. And I'm just reeling this off the top of my head. So I just wanna preface it with, I have not always been here. When I was in university, I would freak out. My body would shut down. I would, it would just cause me intense stress. Um, and I know everyone gets afraid of public speaking. However, when I was in group presentations, my other teammates, they might've been nervous, but they still delivered. I could not, I would forget absolutely everything. I, my body would shut down, like everything would go red. My chest would be beating out of its, you know, cage and, and, it was not a fun time. And so what I did was when I first started my business at a swimwear, um, I thought to myself, how can I get the message out there more? And that's just a good lesson for everyone is like be everywhere all of the time as much as you can in the early days, because every one extra person that can know about your business for free is going to really help. So I thought to myself, let me reach out to some events here in Perth in Australia and see if they can let me speak. And so one lady who's now become one of my friends, she let me have a five minute section in the event. I wasn't meant to be part of the event and I wasn't one of my speakers, but she gave me five minutes to talk about my business. I prepared for that for three weeks. I, you know, I was like, maybe I need a shot because like, I can't function. Um, like, I don't know how to do this. And so it caused me a lot of stress over that time in the lead up. And it was literally five minutes, five minutes. Now I wouldn't even blink an eyelid. And this was only a few years ago. And I was so nervous. I was the first one up. There was probably only like 30 people in the room. And I was so nervous. I was flinging my arms around and I broke the clicker for the rest of the speakers. No one had a clicker for the rest of the whole time because I accidentally threw it on the floor uh, in my nervous energy. Oh, and no. it just like, it was just, I remember it just being so traumatic almost. But the thing is, until you get out there and do it, 
you're not going to get any better. And so over time, I have put myself out of my comfort zone. And that's just a lesson for anything. Getting out of your comfort zone is really the only way you can grow and also practice. And so by doing that, um, after that event, one or two people came up to me and said, thanks for sharing your story, Jess. It really helped. And that just showed me that, wow, okay, the messages that I'm sharing actually can help people. And that small mind shift in, if I could just maybe help one person with one tiny thing that I say, then it's worth it. And so there's tons of mindset shifts that you can do around working through that confidence. But the biggest thing is just getting out there and realizing it's not as bad as you think. Um, you know, even just showing up on Instagram stories and, and not letting yourself take 20 takes and spend five hours doing it, but just taking one take or maybe two at the most, put it out there. And there was many times when I thought about, oh shit, I should delete that. You know, I don't know if that was the best way to represent myself or I didn't look good enough in that or whatever might've overcome me, but I left it. And I thought, no, let me push past this uncomfortable position and leave it. And guess what? Nothing happened. And so what I would encourage everyone to do around um, speaking is just doing it. And it's going to be uncomfortable trust me, like I was probably the most uncomfortable about it. Um, but here I am. And so I would encourage everyone to do that. And that's actually something I do with a lot of my clients is hold them accountable and sort of push them out of that comfort zone to do that. So since then, I have done a lot of speaking engagements, um, spoke on stage with some of the top entrepreneurs here in Australia, which I'm not sure if They'd be aware of them in the US, but people such as Lisa Messenger that I have had on my podcast um, and, you know, she's interviewed the top, top people. She spoke on stage with Richard Branson and um, interviewed him and he's a great friend of his. And so I've been able to speak on stage with top entrepreneurs, which has been really, really exciting. Um, and so the first thing with that is it helps you become expert by association. So by me being on stage with top entrepreneurs, people then can associate me in the caliber of those kind of entrepreneurs. So firstly, it helps for branding based on the kind of events um, that you speak at or the kind of podcasts or um, online webinars that you speak on and who else might be speaking at those kind of events as well or just who the audience might be as well. So choosing the events and, and kind of aligning yourself with ones that would obviously have your ideal audience is really helpful. Um, so that helps with your like brand positioning, but also brand awareness or just awareness about yourself and also building trust. So people can't really gain that much trust from just watching my Instagram stories or um, my posts, maybe stories a little bit more so, but you know, if they would just saw a couple of my Instagram posts, which I've had before, you know, a couple of people see a couple of my Instagram posts or they just discover my Instagram, they reach out about coaching and they never sign up. They're like they're never going to sign up because they haven't built that trust up first. And so I always try and get people, you know, following me for a while or going through a webinar that I've done or, you know, when I have spoken at live events, um, that is where I see most people come through and either follow me on social media to continue building that trust and relationship and then they might convert later, but it all adds up. So even if you're speaking in front of five people, um, 
two of those people might come and follow you, then they might build up trust. And when they're ready, they um, might sign up to whatever you're offering. Oh man, thank you so much for sharing that story, especially about having these initial failures. And I completely agree that if I'm going to learn from someone, I probably don't want to follow that person who has only shiny, perfect stories. I want to hear about that mess and I want to hear about that failure. And those are the things that can actually be so much more um, beneficial for your business and for the advice that you're listening to. Um, now to round off this episode today, I would love for you just to share your number one productivity tip, because here at Me Edgar, we are all about that social media automation. So anything when it comes down to automating your social media or being productive on your social media, what is one last tip that you can share with our community? Something that I, I always recommend and I do myself is to chunk up your time. So to do a bunch of the same tasks at once because there's a whole lot of psychology behind it. But once you're in that sort of mind frame, you know, you've got your left and your right side of the brain, the logical and creative side of your brain. And so it's very difficult to jump from accounting to posting on Instagram and back to emails and then back to this. So what I've actually done for myself is I've pre-recorded, I've pre-planned um, I've scheduled up a whole month's worth of posts, even stories. I've mapped out, okay, these are the topics or these are the things that I'm going to be sharing on my stories today and pre-prepare as much as I can at once. That took me one to two hours max for the whole month. And then I'm ready. Otherwise, if I spent 15 to 30 minutes every day, times that by 30 days, that's a lot of hours and a lot of time. And so that's what I found really helpful. Quite often, you know, it depends what you're doing in your business on the day, but some days I'm on a roll, I'm on stories, I'm, you know, really feeling creative. Other days I'm so into the logical side of the business that I just don't end up posting anything because I don't have the mental capacity for it. So by planning it out, it allows me to make sure that I'm always showing up with the value and with the content, but also saves me a ton load of time as well. Again, such a good actionable tip here. And I completely agree. Time blocking, batching. And really, I love this idea about being intuitive of where you are mentally to make sure you're not just like fighting against something, but really kind of noticing the patterns in your time of day. So that is an amazing place to end. Now, Jessica, thank you so much for your expertise. I would love for you to tell our community where they can go further with you, where they can find you online and connect with you. Awesome. So you can find me at my Instagram at jess.williamson8. And that's pretty much where I have everything, obviously all my tips ongoing um, and links in my bio to all of the different things that I work on. So that's probably the best place to reach out. Also, I do reply and check all my DMs. So if anyone is listening to this episode, I'd love you to reach out and send me a DM and let me know what you guys think. Amazing. And guys, definitely go check out her Instagram. It is beautifully done. And you know, someone who has started a multi-million dollar business at the age of 22 and just continue to grow has a lot of value to offer. Thanks so much for tuning into Social Post today. Download this episode, share it out to someone who you know it would help and make sure you subscribe for a new episode every Wednesday. Jessica, thank you so much for your time and expertise today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. 
Thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to keep the conversation going with us on social. We're at Meet Edgar on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So let us know your biggest takeaway from today's episode. And don't forget to tag us. Visit www.meetedgar.com and start a free trial to up-level your social media marketing strategy today. Happy posting.